You are listening to Withstood, produced by Crossbrand. Welcome back to the Withstood podcast. I am so excited today to have Crystal Evans Hurst. She's a writer, a speaker, a worship leader, a mom, a wife, a daughter, all the things. Um, she's the oldest child, am I correct, of Dr. Tony Evans? That's right. Nice. No, thank you for joining us today. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I don't claim the oldest, but if people ask me this straight <laughs> question, I have to tell the truth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the baby of my family of five, so I don't, I don't <laughs> mind admitting that too much. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I think I'll I'll tell you that one of the questions that we all get asked the most, and I'll tell you a little bit about our family from the answer to that question. Okay. What was it like growing up in the house with Tony and Lois Evans? I and actually, the answer to that question for me. I actually had that on my list to ask. <laughs> <laughs> so go well, ahead. Well, the answer to that question for me is that my dad was always dad before he was Tony Evans. And so this Tony Evans persona one, it's not a persona. It's who he is. And the good thing is, is that him being in the pulpit preaching, him being at his desk in the office at the church, him sitting at the dinner table with us as a family on a weekday night, he's the same guy. And he used to tell us, um, I hope you know, that whether I was a pastor or whether I had a corporate job, the standards that we have for our family would be the standards that we have because you're in Evans. Yes. Um, not because we're trying to impress anybody or make sure anybody has certain thoughts about our family. Um, growing up in our house was very regular, and I think my parents worked hard to keep it that way. Mm. Um, we were encouraged to be involved in the church as a matter of service to the church, as a matter of as a function of our personal relationship with Jesus. But we weren't dragged to every last church function or made examples in front of other people. We had a lot of life outside of church. Um, so we all were very involved in school and sports and clubs and all of that. And um, um, so for us, just regular, right. <laughs> regular dinners right. at the table, uh, regular uh, chores, regular fights and disagreements <laughs> about whose turn it was to clean the shower. I right. mean, you know, all that fun stuff. But we so, just had this extra layer of knowing what his role was in the community ministry. Right. Well, I'm I'm a pastor's kid also, so I kind of understand that. Do you do you still get along with your siblings really well? Oh yeah, yeah, we yeah. get along. That's awesome. We're adults and we're different, but we get along. <laughs> yes, I I totally get it. So since you brought up your dad, I have to ask you this. I've been I've been dying to talk to you about this because. I heard about this last year, and I think now we can probably laugh about it, and it's probably ironic. So last year, your dad spoke at this same conference, and you I guess you were speaking nearby somewhere and actually came over here to hear him. And so the way I understand the story, the security wouldn't let you in the building because they didn't know who you were. Is that is that kind of— Well, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I just—I wasn't expected. I didn't— make any calls i just once i googled where he was <laughs> right. i just had we were going to drive back to dallas and i said oh this church we can it's 20 minutes away let's just go so when i pulled up i just said hi so 
<laughs> when I, I heard don't about even know it, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh no, that's crazy. And what's ironic about that is this year you're one of our keynote speakers. So we had oh, to make yeah. it, we had to make it up to you somehow. Oh no, it's okay. She <laughs> was so super gracious when I was there. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so I did not know, I, I found this out today just by listening to some of your content. I didn't know that you were a worship leader also. Yeah, I, I feel like I've done every job at the church, you know, mostly without pay. And now I look at people who get paid to, like, be on the praise, the, the band, to play the mm-hmm. piano. And I'm like, really? I did all that for free. <laughs> exactly. um, but, yeah, I've directed the choir. I've played in the band. I've led worship. I do. I just rejoined the praise team because with kids in and out of the house and growing up, I've had seasons where I just couldn't do it. But. Yeah, I, I love singing, love leading worship, um, love love that probably more than anything else. So when I'm awesome. serving in that space, it, it feels right. That's great. We may have to drag you on stage to sing with our band here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell me a little bit about Sister Circle and what that is uh, for those that, that may not know. Sure. Well, it um, what it is um, is mainly an idea that women in the spirit of Titus 2 connect with one another to encourage one another, but in practical ways. Um, I love the Bible. I love teaching the Bible. But what I even love more sometimes is talking about how that applies. What do I do as a result of this truth? So this really gets into the principles of discipleship, um, but in a more casual, um, everyday way. So what I encourage women to do is to think about who's in their circle, um, who's ahead of them, behind them, alongside of them, and how can they be intentional in those circles? So who's in your sister circle, and how are you using the women who you walk with as a matter of exercise, or the women who are in the PTA with you, or the women who you sit next to at work? So this could be women who are believers or women who are not, but you're choosing to be intentional with where life is already drawing a circle around you. If you work with a woman every day for 15 years, but you never pray for her, mm. you're, that's a lost opportunity. Yes. Uh, if you have a group of women at work who are believers and you never go beyond working together, that's a lost opportunity to encourage each other, to show up for each other in very practical mm. ways. Yes. And so um, while we do want to, of course, continue to keep the Bible as a center focus of growth and development, the idea is to create spaces where women in real life are encouraged to do that and then online are able to receive the tools that they need from women who may not be in their circle. So I try to, through the podcast, through the YouTube channel, create content that is based in faith but that has the output of practical application. And then to support all that we do, we have an inner circle membership, and that's for women who basically want the same thing but they want it at a greater level and they want to hear more from me so I show up there as a mentor talking about all the things, marriage, motherhood, finances, dressing for your body type, uh, knowing how to take care of your soul, memorizing scripture, you name it, we talk about it. That That's incredible. You know, uh, community is, is so important. You know, and even the word that talks about confessing your sins one to another, and I think there's healing in that. So I think, you know, it's a lot of times we want to isolate, um, especially when things are going bad and we don't want to lean on each other or share one another's burdens. Um, I know for me, I'm, I'm one that tends to isolate. So community is, is very important. So it is, it is. My husband is an isolator for sure. But even for him, he said, you know, just recently, 
you know, he said, I've got to do a better job of cultivating my friendships, you know, because life is life, but you can have a million touch points and never go deep without intentionality. So that's so true. Even those of us who like to be by ourselves still need good friends. So true. That's very good. So you've written quite a few books, uh, the 28 day prayer journey. Um, she's still there. Show up for your life. Divine disruption and co-authored Kingdom Women with your dad, correct? Yes. Okay. So I watched a promo for um, a little promo video for the book, She's Still There, and you made a statement that I wanted to ask you about. You said that there was a time when you realized that you had no idea how to fight for your life. Um, So there's probably someone who will hear this podcast or that maybe at this conference that's in a spot, so to speak, or maybe discouraged about ministry or life. Can you explain kind of what you meant by fighting for your life? Yeah, I think life is hard. And I think life does what it does, and it throws us curveballs. I think it can be great, but as many of us know, the longer we live, it's full of mountains and valleys, excitements and disappointments. And I think in each one of our lives, there reaches a point in some way where we have to make a decision to exercise maybe a little more energy than we've had to in the past to keep things moving. Because it can be really easy to settle in to um, a place that you don't necessarily want to be, but it takes energy to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So what that could look like is relationships that, you know really aren't good, but they're comfortable for you. It could look like a job where it's paying all the bills, but and you've been faithful there, but maybe you feel God calling you to do something else or go back to school or maybe change careers, and it would require you getting out of your comfort zone and doing something different. It could be that you are used to feeling down in the dumps, used to never being in a good mood, used to um, struggling with grief for long periods of time, and Mm. you choose to. I don't have to live this way. It is believing, John 10, 10, that he came that we would have life and have life more abundantly. And if it's not abundant, what do you have in your hand that God has put there? What is he encouraging you to do? But it requires your participation. It makes me think about God meeting Moses in Exodus chapter 3 or 4. And Mm -hmm. he says, listen, come now. I want you to go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses has all these questions and concerns and doubts. And he's presenting all this to God. Um, But, you know, one of the things that he, God told Moses to do is, you know, take the staff and throw it down. Mm -hmm. Um, He took what Moses had in his hand, but Moses had to do it differently. And he had to do it differently going into a new space. And Mm -hmm. so in order for the Israelites to have freedom, God was saying, Moses, listen, you're the guy who's going to leave them, but you're going to have to leave where you are to do it. And Moses was comfortable where he was. Mm -hmm. So it is, saying, where have I gotten comfortable? Even if I don't like it, where have I gotten comfortable? What have I decided that, oh, well, this is just my lot, or oh, well, this is who I am, or oh, well, this will never get better, or oh, well, this is just the way it will always be. Mm-hmm. And where might that be the, 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 the lie of the enemy to yes. keep you comfortable, keep you satiated, keep you disappointed and frustrated, but accepting that lot, when indeed there is something that you have in your hand. There is a place that God is calling you to, but it does require your participation, questions and all. Wow, that that is such a great answer. That's so good. Very very encouraging. Um, you know, I've been listening to your content your, to your content the past couple of weeks. I'm um, just trying to learn more about you as well. 
I did not realize you were so funny also. Um, some of your stuff is... Listen, please tell my family that because my <laughs> brothers and sister have spent their whole lives telling me I am so corny and not funny at all. No, so you I, can tell them I, I that that funny. is not what you, what you say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Your, your content is awesome. Uh, you know, this is the first time that we've actually had a woman speaker at this conference. And I, I don't know why we haven't oh, wow. done this before. Because pastors' wives and leaders' wives, and even just when women in general that are in ministry or in the fight, you know, are just as important. So this year we decided we wanted to have something, not that you need to speak directly to the women, but we just wanted someone that maybe could relate to them better or speak straight to their hearts. Um, so we're super excited about that. Um, so would you have any parting shots for say those pastor wives um, that uh, may be struggling or discouraged or just burned out or need refueling and I don't not to give away your talk at, at Horsegate, but what, what would you say to those women? Oh my goodness. I think uh, pastor's wives are many times unsung heroes because not only is she supporting her husband, not only does she love Jesus, not only does she love the church, but over the years, she probably has had to step into places and spaces because of the desire to support where there wasn't enough um, help, enough money, um, enough time, enough other volunteers. It wasn't even necessarily her gifting. She loves Jesus. She loves the church. She loves her husband. And so she does whatever it takes. Yes. And so because of that, many pastors' wives are burnt out. They are tired. They are alone. And when all of us have someone else that maybe has caused us um, friction or made things difficult, we can talk to someone else about it, another friend, another leader. But who does the pastor's wife talk to? Right. You know, there's not a lot of outlets for her that are safe. So not only is she bearing more, she doesn't have an outlet to deal with it that is as safe um, often. That's so true. So what I would just say to a pastor's wife is um, you're doing all those things, um, all of the things. You're being all that you need to be. But as Revelation tells us, often we've left our first love. And even if you haven't left, to remember your first love and to be okay with living within your limitations. If Jesus came, God sent his only son, his beloved son into the world, and that beloved son who had the burden on him of saving us, of living a perfect life, dying a horrific death, being in the grave for three days and rising again, if all of that weight, love for people, love for the future church, love for the children of God, um, as they were created to find themselves into eternity forever, if that Jesus went away and took breaks, if that Jesus pushed back from the crowds, if that Jesus got in a boat, if that Jesus went on a mountaintop to pray, if that Jesus didn't heal all the sick, didn't teach everyone, didn't go more than a few miles from his hometown, if he lived with limits, then you can too. Yes. I would say to the pastor's wife, probably what's burnt you out is all of the good things for all of the right reasons. But if your first love as Jesus made time for his relationship with the Father is your relationship with God, it is okay for you to do whatever it takes to put limits on your life so you can prioritize that. Yes 
and then hear clearly about only the places and spaces he is asking you to operate in. And I can guarantee you as a pastor's wife, people will always ask you to operate in more places and spaces than you are called to operate in. Mm. Your job is to hear clearly and then to live within your boundaries and your limits. Wow, that's so good. You know, I can relate. Yeah, even as a, as a worship pastor, my wife leads worship alongside me. And, you know, it's something I've had to learn in the past few years that she gets burned out, you know, and I always kind of want her there with me to lead worship. But I got to realize, too, that she mm-hmm. also gets worn out, gets tore down from just the week in, week out of that 20 or 30 minutes of worship and pouring into that so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good True. word. Well, Crystal, thank you so much for being with us and, and taking your time to, to do this today. We're super excited for what God has in store on February 25th um, at this conference. And I, we just can't wait to see you. And we're just so excited. I can't wait to be with you. Thanks so much for inviting me. And, even to this conversation, it's been great. You bet. Can Before we leave, can you tell people where they can find you on social media? Oh, sure. My web address is crystalevanshurst.com. And on social everywhere, you can find me at crystalhurst. And both crystal and hurst have an H. E-H-R and H-E-R. Crystal Hurst. Perfect. Well, God bless you, Crystal. And again, we're praying for you. And we just can't wait uh, for February 25th. And we'll see you then. We'll see you then. All right. God bless. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope you join us February 25th for our leadership conference, Horsegate. Follow the link in the description for tickets. Look forward to seeing you.